Sports Girl Podcast on sporttalk.ie. All camogie and ladies football podcast, of course. We are in the Killaloo Lakeside Hotel. It's about 26 degrees today. I'm Valerie Wheeler. I'm joined by Jerkin Anne and Denise of Flaherty. Ladies, how are you? Grand, a bit hot and bothered. <laughs> Very good. Enjoying the weather. Of course it is. Um, I presume that we're all at loads of games this weekend because there's no excuse with the weather like this. So we're going to take a look first at the Camogie um, action last weekend. On Saturday, the 23rd of June, we had the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior Championship Group 2 games. We had Offaly in Mead, Offaly 3-11, Mead 9 points. Jer, did you see that one? No, I was actually at the Tip and Wexford game, so it was three games on altogether. But um, yeah, Offaly had a good win over Mead. Um, a half-time they led 1-7 to 4. Um, Siobhan Flannery seems to be the... Star there scoring two nine altogether, and um, they awfully got their first goal after five minutes. Mead battled hard um, throughout the game, but awfully were just that bit stronger, and you know they were disappointed losing to Dublin in the first round, and uh, a win was vital here today or at the weekend, so um, they went about their business well. But it was sound like it was a competitive game. Mead uh, probably relying a bit too much on Jane Dolan again. Um, she's their main scorer in Tresh, but um, awfully prevailed there and they'll be delighted to, to get off the mark. And of course, we're at the Tipperary game. Wexford's 2-8, Tipperary 1-14. A goal that snatched the win from the end. They were on top of the table after that game the weekend on Saturday evening. Yeah, um, it was a great result for Tipperary, um, but look, uh, they should have won more comfortably really because they raced into a nine-point no-score lead after 20 minutes. Um, Wexford, unfortunately, without Una Lacey this year, she's done her cruciate and just recently it's Sarah O'Connor is also injured, think it's her cruciate as well. So for a team that's kind of in transition to lose two big players like that, um, they really, they were kind of, they were struggling now for the first 20 minutes and Tip looked very comfortable. Wexford even had a sweeper back, but uh, Tip's half-back line, Arena Friday, Mary Ryan and Caroline Milani were on top, so was Karen Kendi and Laura Lucknan in midfield and they were able to kind of bypass the sweeper and caught Van, seemed to have loads of space and time and uh, she was on fire, finished up with nine points, um, six from freeze and player of the match award. But um, after 20 minutes, Wexford got their first score and a point from play and then they responded quickly with a goal and suddenly they had 1-3 on the scoreboard. So Tip only went in a half-time, winning by four points, 10 points to 1-3. And even though it was glorious um, weather at the weekend, there was still quite a breeze in Wexford Park. Um, seemingly there's always a breeze there, whatever the way. There's just one stand and an open stand. So Wexford had the breeze in the second half and it did make uh, quite a bit of a difference. So it was a very competitive second half. And um, like that, Wexford went one point up. And I think Tip, just once Wexford came back, I think Tip girls were just maybe lacking a bit of confidence saying, here we go again. They haven't beaten Wexford. It could be nearly 10 years since they've beaten Wexford, you know, in championship. And um, Bush, they equalised with Cote Van Free. And then in in 58 minute, Miriam Campion, who came on at halftime, um, got the goal. So Miriam's a club mate of mine. So delighted to see her scoring the goal. And... Uh, you might know if you're following the hurling, John Campion is our brother. He's playing midfield with the minors and Podge is playing cornerback on the under-21. So they're having a great run at the moment. So say fine sporting family. That's two wins from two for Tipperary. That's for your own um, county, I suppose. That's great signs for Tip. Yeah, well, look, they're, they, they were dis very disappointed losing to Cork in the Munster final, you know, more so the performance than the, the last. But uh, they've come back now with two wins and a trot, one with Mead and one over Wexford. So... Uh, it sets them up nicely playing Cork now in two weeks' time. You know, I don't think 
realistically I don't think they'll beat Cork but it's a home game and I think they can definitely put up a much better showing than they did in the Munster final and then that will you know, lead them up lovely for to play Offaly in Dublin which will be two massive games for them but they're in a great position like there's definitely no reason why they couldn't finish second in the group and if they do they'll be playing third in whoever finishes third in the other group in the quarter final and like there's a semi-final spot up for grabs there which they haven't reached like I said I think it's back in 2008 or nine since they were in the semi-final so but look they have to get over Dublin and Offaly too and they're the two crucial games I think for them hopefully they'll build their confidence going forward we also have a look on Saturday as well with the All-Ireland Intermediate uh, Games with Carlo and down Carlo 14 points down a 2-3 yeah, um, so a five-point win for Down. Um, they drew their first game against Derry, and now they're after coming in with a win here. Carlo now have suffered a, um, another defeat. They lost the first game to Cork. Like Cork have been look really impressive at intermediates. They bet Carlo in the first game five eighteen to six points, and now they're after beating Leash three twenty-three to six points. So it's worrying for all the other counties because they're cruising into senior at the moment and now they're putting up massive wins in the intermediates as well so um i you know i don't know <laughs> cork they're not going anywhere from what i can see between their senior and intermediate they're very yeah. strong looking at the score they looked ruthless enough there against leash yeah that was a massive score in three t- 323 to six points and you know leash would always be very competitive um they come up from junior and they're intermediate now for a few years but um, that's not going to do their confidence any good but I think probably a bit like the seniors maybe all the other counties are nearly ignoring Cork and assuming that they're not going to get a result against them and probably eyeing up other games to hopefully get wins and get out of the groups and on Sunday of course that was Saturday's games on Sunday with the Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship Group 2 of course Cork 4-15 Dublin 2-3 Cork moved to the top of the table obviously on Sunday after that game yeah, they're ahead now with on score difference and um, another big score they put up. There wasn't much in a half time. They only led uh, two six to one three. Um, at Dublin were very competitive in the first half, and even it was Linda Collins, one of the intermediate stars from last year for Cork, that got a goal three minutes into injury time um, in the first half to give them um, the six point lead at half time. Uh, Orla Began got the two goals for Dublin. And um, but it was all Cork in the second half. I've seen highlights uh, of this game uh, online, and there was quite a few soft goals scored. Um, I think both goalies would be a bit disappointed. I don't know, maybe it was the sun, or but uh, two balls seemed to go in over Faye McCarthy and even Eva Murray, who rarely makes a mistake, would have been disappointed with the goal that she conceded. But um, an interesting thing for me was, I suppose, the amount of scores for Cork. They yeah. had 10 different scores. Orla Cronin, who's on fire this year, with 1-5. Katrina Mackey had 1-3. Linda Collins had a goal. Julia White had a goal. Lauren Holman, two points. And it goes on and on. Pamela Mackey, Amy O'Connor, Jim O'Connor, Chloe Sigerson, Ashton Thompson, all getting in with points. While it's Dublin relying on, you know, four different scores is all, you know. That's that's the thing that stood out for me as well. I mean, ten different scores for Cork. They're so comfortable on the pitch and they're allowing everyone else to get the chance as well. But for I think was it only three for Dublin or four? I think it was four there was different reports, but I think it was four. Emma McCarthy yeah. actually got a pint and Emma Flanagan got a pint, Siobhan Kyo and then Orla Began. And I was it struck me for Dublin as well when I saw the team line out that some of the players weren't familiar. You know, they beat Dublin last or they beat Wexford last year in the quarter final and played very good against Kilkenny in the semi-final and going through that team there's about seven or eight players missing um, from it um, Ashley Maher won an all-star last year their main forward she doesn't seem to be available this year it looks like she's gone travelling um, and then 
uh, Eva O'Brien and a few more, I don't know, are they injured or different things? And Grania Quinn has gone from the backs up to the forwards, maybe just to try and improve things. But it's a pity they don't have the same uh, group of players to call on as they did last year. There seems to be a lot of new names now. Saying that Orla Began, who wasn't starting last year, scored two goals. So obviously, new blood is good as well. But, um, you know, Ashley Maher definitely is a big loss for Dublin this year. Would in some games you think that three different scorers might be okay in a normal day, but for Cork to get ten, is are Cork miles ahead, or should Dublin be worried with their only three scorers? I just think Cork are miles ahead. Um, do you know because Dublin did beat Offaly, which was a great result, and I think Dublin will really shove it up to Tipperary, and likewise, I think Offaly will shove it up to Tipperary. There's nothing between those teams, but I just think um, uh, Cork are miles ahead at the moment. But it is probably an issue in Camogie, which uh, counties relying on. You know, you know, chief goal scorers or point scorers. You see, Tipperary caught Devan getting nine points out of one fourteen. Jane Dolan doing all the scoring from each one. Flannery for Offaly. So definitely, um, it is probably something that other counties need to look on. The, st- the stronger counties, the Kilkenny and the uh, Corks, always have a greater spread of scores. But it's the thing is w- with for me as well. It's that Camogie is such so soft start, so many frees, and that's why usually the free taker is the main scorer as well. You know. Okay, okay. So that was the weekend's action, of course, for the Liberty Insurance Intermediate and Senior Games of Camogie. Thanks, Ger, there for talking about the Camogie um, Championship the weekend. Moving on now, we're going to have a chat with Dee, of course, about the football. TG Carr Connacht, Ladies Senior Football the weekend. Galway, 17 points. Mayo, 112. A lot of talking points in this game the weekend. It's Galway's sixth, sixth senior title in the last seven years. Let's take a look at that first. Yeah, fantastic win for Galway. And to think that they actually had a girl sinbind. Um, Charlotte Cooney was sinbind during the second half. So they played 10 minutes without her. The game was level, but um, Galway got two points near the end to help them retain their kind of title. The big news was beforehand we wanted to know would Cora start if she wasn't going to start, which we didn't really expect her to start, but we knew that she'd play some role. On but the day. Um, and when Peter Lee and the team, no Cora, that was the big news. Cora Staunton is on the bench. But, um, you know, these managers have a habit of, you know, you, you get a team and you look at it and then all of a sudden you see that there is a change. And there was one change to the Mio team and it was that Cora Staunton started on Saturday. We love Sunday, seeing sorry. that change as um, reporters, of course, even when the programmes are wrong. We, that's our pet hate, I feel. But um, I think a lot of people give out about that when programmes are different to what's played. But it is a big talking point because she came on, she got six points, and she um, she's back to taking freeze, which she's only back in the country, I suppose. For a lot of girls, I, I think a lot of them could be a bit put out a small bit just by her getting the start. I know, ahead of, we spoke about this before, might be difficult for that poor girl that didn't get her place ahead of her. Yeah, because we we thought we knew that Cora would play some part mm. in it. You know, you couldn't not. not g- you know, you know, she's one of those players. But then you also think that Cora didn't play during the league campaign, and this was her first game back for me. Oh, this game this year. So I don't think anyone was really expecting her to start. You know, when everyone saw her on the bench, everyone predicted that's where she was going to be. But of course, um, Pierre Lee um, thought otherwise. It didn't affect Galway. Um, now, when Galway have been an up-and-coming team, and we spoke about last week about how they were so unlucky against Dublin in the Division One semi-final. Dublin got a last-minute goal to win that game. Um, you know, and it was a great win for them. It was a great win. Uh, the fact that it was down in Castlebar as well. So, you know, there's always that bit of rivalry between Galway and Mio. So, for Galway to go down to um, Castlebar and uh, beat uh, Mio in their own backyard 
but um, you know their captain um, Tracy Leonard had a, a fantastic game. She scored um, six points for Galway, so um, she led by example for them. Of course, and as you said, credit where credit is due, Galway did play unreal on the day, and as you said, having Cora didn't affect them. However, do you think it affected Mayo's performance? The change. I don't know. Um, I was away on Sunday, so I didn't even see it. I didn't see um, or look at highlights or anything of it. So um, I haven't really seen. Um, you know, the way in match reports, they're not as in-depth as they would be in the men's game. And, you know, they don't really go into the analysis side of, of things um, compared to the, the men's game. So um, it didn't say, it just said that Cora started and that Cora scored six points for freeze, but it would be interesting to see because um, it all depends on when she was announced. Was she announced straight away in the dressing room? Because seemingly it was a late change. That's just said it was a late change, but no one said was it for an injury, injury or, or anything. Yeah. It was a late. Or was it just yeah. a change? Or was it just a change? So it would be interesting to see in what way are were the players told beforehand when they announced the team that on maybe on Friday they give the official team because you know yourself the official team is given at the last training session and. Us poor reporters have only <laughs> found out the real team when you turn day. up at the ground. So it'll be interesting to see when uh, word was out that Cora was going to start and um, how did you know, the thing about it is did it affect the players? You know, she's a fantastic footballer, but you also have to earn your place on a team, and it's unfair to the girls that have been given it all for the last year. Of course, I totally understand you there. And as I said, congratulations to Galway, 17 points, Mayo 112. How are Galway looking going forward, Dee? Galway are very good. Um, they are now in a group. Uh, the All-Ireland series has kind of um, revamped for the ladies, and it's a very good way of doing it. They're now in a group with Waterford and the losers of the Leinster Championship final, which is on this Sunday, Dublin and Westmead. So no disrespect to Westmead, but I feel that they'll be in there with Waterford and with Westmead. So you're expecting Galway to top that group. Mayo are going to find themselves in a tough group. They're now in with the Leinster champions. More than likely will be Dublin and Cavan. Now Cavan themselves know that they haven't performed to their to, to their ability, you know, they haven't played to it the way they like it. James Daly is a perfectionist, so he will not be happy with um, the game in Armagh and then the loss of the Division 2 final. So they'll want to be out to get something there. So two tough games now for Mayo. Um, you know yourself, you prefer to kind of go through the back door and get an easier run. So that group, I feel, of all the, the groups in the championship I feel that one is the group to keep an eye out on okay but Galway definitely you know they're going to say well we, we ran Dublin close we should have been nearly in a mm. division one final and um, they're doing it quite silently aren't they you know everyone's talking about your Cork Mayo and Dublin and Galway are just doing their business nicely yeah you're dead right it's quietly they're coming and confidently I suppose moving on to the TG Carr Connacht intermediate title history makers Roscommon claimed their first ever Intermediate title the weekend. Roscommon 417, Sligo 14. For the first time in 40 years, they were crowned TG Carr Intermediate Champions. That's great for them. It is, and their team of 1978, that won the All Ireland Senior Title, were honoured that day. So uh, yes, yeah, so it it, w it was a nice way to kind of uh, end the day. I did feel last week, you know, that Sligo were the champions, but I just thought that Roscommon. I saw them play this year. They're a great spread of players. I just felt that, you know, they, co they could upset things. And it's, it's fantastic to see, you know, there's only two teams um, in Connacht with uh, Leitrim gone. So this was a, a huge game for them. Laura Fleming got their first goal in the 15th minute and they had been 
behind uh, up until then. And then from there on, they controlled the game. Fleming scored another goal. Joanne Craig and uh, Jenny Higgins also got goals. And they kicked 2-3 in a 10-minute spell during that first half. So that's what um, sealed the win for them. So um, a great win for Roscommon. They've done well in Division 3. And um, they'll be delighted with their title and we hoping to... Uh, to do uh, better as the summer progresses. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be willing and hoping that they can push on from that win. We're going to have a look at the TG Car Munster Ladies Senior Football title the weekend. Cork with the victory over Kerry 5-13, Kerry 2-10. Um, I think it was a blistering second half that actually took it for Cork. Yeah, and um, when you think of so much was made beforehand, and we mentioned it last week ourselves mm. about the game being played in CIT, and not being played in Park Creeve as part of maybe a, a triple header with, with the footballers. And I was just reading that, imagine some of the core players that have been around for years have never played in Park Creeve. Like th that is mad, you know, that's your county ground, no matter if you're a man or a woman, if you're playing football, that's your county ground. But um, one person that we mentioned a few weeks ago was Saoirse Noonan. Um, James Masters, who's involved with the Cork Ladies, had said to me she's definitely one of those players to watch. She scored 2-2. Two -two. She scored uh, one of those goals from a penalty. She's a soccer star as well. And that was her... She played on Sunday yeah, after and it. Yeah, and that was her senior championship debut as well. So what a way to do it. Um, Kerry actually were leading at the break by four points, 2-6 to 1-5. But as you said, a blistering second half. And they completely took control of the second half and showed what Cork are capable of as they dethroned uh, Kerry and um, they showed their male counterparts what they can do. And uh, they're now in the group two of the All-Ireland series, along with two Ulster sides, Monaghan and Armagh, who were beaten in the, um, the Ulster final a few weeks ago. Of course. And and sorry, oh sorry, what I'm on about. Uh, Kerry are also in with um, Tipperary and Donegal. So that's actually a, a tough, tough group. Yeah, a tough group for them because they've had a tough year with the relegation. I know that a good win over Waterford in the Munster semi-final, but they're now into a tough group. Donegal, you know, we talked about that scoreline last week against Armagh. So, um, and Tipperary, it's always it's a Munster game. It's a Munster, Munster um, tie between them two. So. I think it happened in that game. Of course. I was going to bring up your prediction of uh, one to watch, Saoirse Noonan. Your predictions are going well, Fiji. Well, last weekend, I think I got the one was the Galway game. Yeah. I was second, but I, I, was keeping <laughs> an, I was keeping an eye out on the Galway. I went for dinner. My friend was home at the weekend, and I went for dinner, and I was like keeping. I was like, oh, come on, me, oh, come on, me, oh. So, um, no, three out of me, love said two out of three ain't bad. So, yeah. two out of three wasn't bad last weekend for me. Of course. Thanks. Thanks, Dee, about, of course, the TG Cahir Football Championship the weekend. We're going to preview next weekend's action. We're going to come back to Jordan now, and we're going to talk about Saturday's Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Camogie Championship in the Senior Group 1. Of course, both have 5 p.m. starts. First up, we have Limerick and Galway. Yeah, so it's back to Group 1 this weekend. Um, Limerick hosting Galway. This is a big game for Limerick. Um, they drew with Clare in which I was saying would be a crucial game and end up as a draw. So it's, well, I think I don't think they'll beat Galway. I fancy Galway to win this. They're looking very strong. They've had two big wins so far. But I do think the key for Limerick is going to be score difference. And they're going to be looking at, they want to be competitive, they want to give it a good rattle, but definitely uh, they want to keep the score 
the score difference in their favour. But I do think Galway will be too strong for him. But I expect Limerick to to put up a good show and um, be interesting now because, as I mentioned before, Mark Dunn and Niall Corcoran have gone in in the backroom team with Limerick. And uh, as we know, they were with Galway last year. So I suppose they'll know Galway inside out and that will help Limerick. But... Um, I still would fancy Galway to win that one. The other one then is Waterford are hosting Kilkenny at 5pm in Walsh Park. Um, I think this will be a very one-sided game. Waterford were beaten 4-12 um, to 8 points against Galway in their first game and I can't see them getting any closer to Kilkenny to be honest. And um, It's just unfortunate. I just think they're, there's, they're just not good enough at the moment and hopefully there's lots of work going on down in Waterford development underage because they're going to need that because you know the gap is definitely there f- from Waterford and like Kilkenny and Galway at the moment anyway so I'd see Kilkenny with a big win in that game definitely and you have the ladies that were out and they're leaving so they'll be back as well no doubt oh yeah like there's, there's some conveyor belt of talent going through Kilkenny and this, you know they've had years where they were competing and winning under 16 all irons and minor all irons and it's really coming to fruition now you know and this they've a really competitive panel the whole time there so you mentioned i suppose going back to the limerick and galway game a second you mentioned that galway would be too strong for limerick i do agree with you there and i do think that limerick might rely on the likes of leave mulcahy too much they won't have too many scoring scorers on the field would you say yeah like what, like what we said before you know with with some of the counties maybe as i call them second tier counties they're relying on a few you know real superstars and they're getting their main goals and the, the worry is you know i i i see with Tipperary if, the, if one or two of these players were injured or picked up an injury or missed a game you know i mean if Neve mccatty you know went over her ankle in a warm-up against Galway, touch wood she won't, but if she did, like, you know, where That's would Limerick it. be? I, you know, who's going to step up and do the scoring? Because they're very reliant on Neve, you know. But like that, she's the free-taker, and, you know, a lot of it is frees, but she is very good now, in fairness to her. Great. I'll be at that game on Limerick, or at in Brough on Saturday evening. And we're going to take a look at the intermediate group two. We have Antrim and Galway at 5pm. There's Kildare and Kilkenny, and then there's Tipperary and Westmead and the Rag. Yeah, three interesting games again. Um... Antrim lost their first game to Kilkenny. They got a heavy enough defeat, three fourteen to six points. Kilkenny, a bit like their senior counterparts, they're very strong in intermediate as well. Um, now Galway and Tipperary in the first game, they met two weeks ago in intermediate. Was a cracker. Ended up a draw, three eleven to two fourteen. Um, which Tipperary were very happy with, you know, because like I said, it's their second team. Um, and Galway would be very strong, but um, so Galway would be looking for a victory, and I'd imagine they'd be too strong for Antrim. Uh, even though they have to go to Antrim, which would be an advantage for uh, Antrim. Uh, Kildare then are playing Kilkenny. Um, Westmead have already beaten Kildare 6-13 to 2-5, so that was a big win that Westmead put up against Kildare already, and I think Kildare will struggle against Kilkenny. And then Tipperary are at home to Westmead. It will be an advantage being at home, um, you know, in their, in their own grounds, but Westmead are looking very strong in this intermediate championship so far. They won the junior last year and were impress- very impressive in the intermediate league and um, have had a big win in over Kildare already to start off. So I think they could be just a bit too strong for Tip. But the win, you know, Tip senior intermediates, they all train together as the same management. And the win Tip had over Wexford and even the draw the intermediates had against Galway will give them a boost. So they'll give, they'll give it a good right rattle against Westmead. But I think Westmead could be just a bit too strong for him. Will you head along to the rag on Saturday? Yeah, I will, yeah. Okay, and um, that it was, of course, next weekend's Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Championships, the senior group one and intermediate group two we just had a look at.
Now we're going to move on to, of course, having a look at the TG Cahar Ladies Football Championship the weekend. The Leinster finals, we're going to take a look at the junior first. D Carlo Loud, how do you see this playing out? Um, Loud actually um, have had a very good year so far. They got to the Division 4 final, were beaten by Wicklow, who are in the intermediate final. Um, they played intermediate last year, um, relegated from there. Um, Longford actually played them a couple of times last year, played them in the league, then played them um, in the championship and in the playoff. And every time I know Longford beat them, but they had a few players there that stood out and impressed. And I think playing in the intermediate championship last year would be of huge help to them this year. Carlo are really coming on and leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. And it's great to see them in this final, but I just feel that um, Loud will just have too much. And I think after the passing of their manager, Michal McKeown, a while back, it would be lovely to see them being of crowned Leinster Junior Champions on, on um, Sunday. So you reckon Loud are going to get the win there? It'll be nice for them, as you mentioned. We're going to have a look at the intermediate uh, final. Leash and Wicklow. Yes, this has got all the makings of being an absolutely cracking game. It's Division 2 versus Division 4, but... That means nothing, nothing in championship football. Wicklow have been very impressive this year. They won the Division 4. They knocked out the reigning Leinster champions. Uh, me that with the championship in the quarterfinal stage. I saw them playing in the semi-final against Longford. I just love their style of play. Um, they work the ball up from the back. You know, they've got forwards that can score. They've got uh, two midfielders that are very good. And then their defence is very solid. Leash have come down from senior. No... Leash have played senior football and that could be a help but I just feel that um, Wicklow at the moment are just on, on a high at the moment Leash now beat Wexford who won Division 3 in their semi-final they got um, a, a late goal won that game for them and they've been behind in the whole game but I just feel that um, Wicklow just the year that they've had and the way they're playing football I just think they could sneak this one they might have the edge so at the weekend and of course we're going to look at the senior games Dublin and Westmead. Unfortunately, Dee, we, we both feel like this could be one-sided. Yeah, I think it's a bit like the men's game with Leinster. You've got the dubs that are, are going to dominate. I think at underage level, it's it's a lot be better. You know, Mead and Carlo are coming on. Or sorry, Mead and Kildare are coming on at underage level. Whereas at senior level, and you just have the two teams competing, I'd say they've been waiting weeks and couldn't wait for this game um, to come around. But I just feel that, you know, Westmead, they're playing, it's a daunting task for them. They're playing the reigning Leinster and All-Ireland champions. Dublin have already won the Division 1 title. They're exactly like the men. They've got 15 players that can start. And they've got... The bench. Uh, the bench, yeah. The got players bench. Yeah, they've got players then who can um, just come off, come off the bench. Now, credit to Westmead, you know, they were promoted from Division 2 last year. They stayed up, they defeated Kerry. Um, they actually were only beaten by five points in the league by Dublin earlier this year, but I just feel that the Dubs and there's a few injuries as well for Westmead, but I just feel that the Dublin ladies, I you know, I, I can't see past them, and they'll go into a, a group possibly then with Mayo and uh, Cavan. You going to head along to any of the games the weekend? No, because uh, I've got a, a local final. I don't know which one. I'm waiting for a text message from our sports <laughs> editor to see where I'll be on Sunday. So, unfortunately, no. We've got our podcast on Friday night, so I'll be there. But, um, no, it's it's local GA for me on, on Sunday, I'm afraid. Great. That was this look at this weekend's, of course, TG Carr um, Ladies Football Championship.
going to take a look at our hot topic this week, and of course, it's uh, extremely hot, it's sizzling hot. This topic, we're going to look at. That's not the weather. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have a look at the fixture issue in Kildare at the moment. Kildare County Board are adamant that they will not fulfil their All Ireland Senior Football qualifier, I suppose, against Mayo this Saturday in Croke Park, insisting that their home stadium, St Connellan's Park in Newbridge, can stage the match on an all-ticket basis. Now, I suppose the Central Competitions Committee have um, earlier confirmed that the third round backdoor game, along with the Cavan Tournament qualifier. Um, is currently unavailable but uh, there's a lot with this one now because Keenan O'Neill is adamant that that's where he'll be on Saturday evening and the GA are adamant that if they don't show up in Croke Park it's going straight to Mayo what's your take on it T? Well I think um, a simple solution is if Kildare don't want to play it Longford we'll gladly play it I know but um, all, all joking aside it is tough but the CCCC have come out and they can wrangle their way about anything and the way they say it is that they have control over the fixtures and it's subject to change and it's subject to the them making the fixture change. And then they're saying that, oh, um, Kildare would have had a chance to appoint, um, nominate another ground, whereas Calvin did because um, Kingsbound Breffney Park has been done up um, at the moment. The, the pitch has been taken up at the moment and they nominated Booster Park and Enniskillen as their other venue. And then when the GEA came and said you know we want you to play Tyrone as part of a double header but listen everyone knows what it's all about it's all about the money and it's all about the sky simple as and I have never seen um, as much talk about it and um, you know this new bridge or, or nowhere, nowhere hashtag yeah, it's hashtag, trending it is it's, it's, it's just unreal you know I, I haven't seen as much interest in it's just a pity that people aren't taking an interest in our games because the quality of the football and that, that has to be over this venue but yeah no Keon O'Neill is adamant I suppose Calvin can't say too much because after the brawl at the end of their game with Down they can't give out about the GA not allowing them to play nearer Breffney Park but um it is tough because what Connacht Park is about ten thousand and I think eight thousand then if you cut that because of health and safety. I love these health and safety issues that they come up with, and um, four thousand of those tickets go to season ticket holders. So that's where they're. That's where they they say they have a problem. But listen, as I seen someone saying today, if Man United or Liverpool or Arsenal drew a non-league team in the cup have to go to that non-league team's ground of course um look we're going to take a look at the advantages of playing at home there is no place at home and over the stats show that over 50 percent of teams win when they're at home the home crowd the atmosphere the familiarity of the pitch let's talk about the advantages of why they want it at home yeah well i suppose for me i'm married to a mad clear football man so when the draw was made yesterday morning we were talking about, I was giving my predictions, and I was like, ah, Mill win that, Armagh win that one. Type. And he said, no, 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 Kildare and Newbridge, we'll beat them in Newbridge. And I was like, wait, your <laughs> heart is ruling your head. And he said, no, no, get Kildare playing in Newbridge, home crowd, Mayo coming to town. He said, it'll be a difference. And literally, when he heard it was gone to Crow Park, he turned around and said, no, we won't beat them in Crow Park. So it is could be the difference between winning and losing and it is a huge advantage to have it at home but i thought the statement Kildare released was very good statement you know when they mentioned that for the local business the stakeholders everyone you know it's and it's a real grassroots versus the powers of be a co park situation and um i think loads of people are rolling behind it not even i think people that don't really care about Kildare or football or mayo but they have other issues with with the ga as a whole maybe uh, and they're kind of rolling behind it as nearly the principle of the thing, like, and they're saying, don't back down, Kildare, don't back down. And 
like I think it's a fascinating story, you know. I heard John Mann on the radio saying it's not fascinating, it's farcical, but for me it's fascinating. I've never heard anything like it where, you know, a team are talking about not turning up or about one team talking about being in Grove Park and the other talking about being in Newbridge and like it's definitely not what what the GA wants, but Keen O'Neill came out on the, on the news last n- or yesterday evening, very strong statement, spoke very well, but was very adamant that they'll be in Newbridge. And then Crow Park released a statement, very adamant that the match is on in Crow Park, and if they don't turn over, turn up, you know, the game will be conceded. So it's very interesting, I think. Is this, though, the straw that broke the camel's back? Because over the last number of years, um, you know, we talk about Dublin coming out with Crow Park, and I think the last time in a championship match that Dublin actually played at that team's home venue was Longford back in 2006 and they just beat Longford by two points. We've had Wicklow having to give up home advantage this year and go to Port Leash. You know, there wasn't even that big a crowd. Ockham could have held it. Um, you had Leash then not being able to play in Port Leash against Dublin a few years ago. That game had to go to Nolan Park. Is it about time that someone actually did send up and Kildare are now doing it now? Because I remember a couple of years ago we drew Kildare in a qualifier game and it had to be played in Mullingar because um, our stand has been redeveloped in Longford and the capacity was only 6,500. I think there was only 5,000 at the game in Cusick Park in Mullingar. So it wouldn't have made a difference. But I think now it's about time that someone stood up and said, listen, it's our ground. And as you said, Ger, it is all about the local business. Like last weekend after Longford played Kildare, the w- you could see the few supporters out in Longford after the game, the f- few Kildare supporters that went to the chippers, went to the bars, go into the shops to get their food. Even I noticed it in my own, own local town, Granard, of northern teams coming through, they'll stop off in that town. You don't realise how much the GA, how much business it brings. Now, another thing as well was the, there's the Irish derbies on at the Corrid that evening, and that's the big thing. But should there's other ways. they the time to suit that. Yeah. They said they changed. Yeah, and there's other ways to get into Newbridge from Mayo, so you don't have to go through the Corrid. You know yeah, and like in fairness, truth. that's why I thought their statement was very good. They said how they contacted the guards straight away, and the guards are okay with it on health and safety grounds. The only request was that they had was that it wouldn't be until seven. So I think you know they've covered all, all their rounds. You know exactly. So to me, that you know it doesn't seem to be a health and safety thing. As I saw one very good tweet, as someone said, if Ed Sheeran or Coldplay were playing in Crow Park on Saturday night, would would the GA have any problem with the match being in uh, Newbridge because no. Crow Park would be out of action anyway? Because so. It's very interesting, you know. Because the prices have gone up as well. Be- for a uh, qualifier on its own, it's 15 euro. So now they're thinking the two games in... Double header. Double header, they'll have 25. But, you w- you know, no matter what, you'll have... You would have had, what, 8,000 in... Um, Newbridge. Newbridge. And, what, Tyrone and Cava maybe in Brewster Park, 15,000, 16,000. You know, what can you get in Crow Park? Yeah, and there's no comparison between a full stadium and a... Like it wouldn't even be half full in Crow Park. It's maybe twenty thousand yeah. is all that would be there. I've been there, and when we Longford played in Nicky Racker, or sorry, Larry Mars, and even schools matches, mm. and even Dublin a few weeks ago, in the, the semi final there wasn't that big a crowd. And it is, it, it's, it's nothing for the players. They might as well be playing a, a challenge match somewhere. Yeah, and I just, it's just wondering how it all, how it's all going to play out. There's talks now of a press conference this evening. Like, I think there will be a match. Someone is going to have to give in either Crow Park are going to come out and say actually maybe they'll go down to Newbridge and they'll put on a high vis and the clipboard and walk around and come out with a statement that they've you know looked over the health and safety and have made a few changes and decided it's okay or else 
Clare are going to come out and say, look, it's not fair on our supporters if we don't turn up, so we've no choice. Something either the match is going to be played as far as I c- I'd be very surprised if it's not. Someone's going to give in, but um, yeah, I just think it's a really interesting one. I hope it's not Kildare. I hope they take the stand on this one. I hope they do, and I'm sure there's been plenty of people all over Twitter. As, this, as we said, the Newbridge or nowhere, there's been hurlers and footballers all over the country coming out standing the behind Kildare. Actually, I've seen one supporter said, you know, put the kettle on for me <laughs> on Saturday evening. Because and I feel sorry on this for me all because um, they they also are being dr- in dragged into this and they themselves have had um, two tough away games. They were in Limerick the first time, then they were down in your own backyard, Jer, um, last weekend playing Tipperary, yeah. and um, you know they know that road to Crow Park too well. And for those supporters, actually, maybe a chance to play in St Connets Park and you know a chance to visit another ground. That's what I love doing is going to different grounds in Ireland. Yeah. And uh, they'd, they'd love that. Yeah, I actually kind of feel sor- a little bit sorry for Mayo because and in one way it's a bit of a cause for Kildare, for something for them to get behind and get passionate about. You yeah. know, they were very disappointed in Leinster the last few couple of years. They did win the match in Division 1 this year, had a disaster start losing to Carlo, have come back now, beaten Derry, beaten Longford, starting to get a bit of momentum. And from what I can see, people that are only half interested in Kildare football are all up in arms over this tweeting and you know sharing things on yeah (laughs) so they're all getting behind it and they're all like so if it does get to kill their newbridge it's going to be packed there's going to be some and it's going to be whatever advantage playing at home i think this would be an even bigger advantage Mm. and it's mayo they're kind of losing out a bit that'll need cool heads but i saw someone else said that if mayo which I think they would have to, they'd have to turn up, wouldn't they, and throw yeah. in the ball. And if if that did happen, it'll be the new curse of for me of the twenty first century. <laughs> of course, will. Yeah, I want to take will. the walk over because everyone's kind of expecting. But sure, what can you expect Stephen Rochford to come out and say? Because it, it's not his team. You know, he's seeing what to do. But could I, I wonder if will Mayo do that? Could he come out and it? say, right, us as Mayo are going to Connacht as well? Yeah, well, that's that's the one thing that maybe and then Kil- and then Kildare turn up in Crow Park and they win the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that could actually the happen. The whole thing you know. was a bluff. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. You know, under false pretense. <laughs> but the the, st- the statement this evening with Keane O'Neill, it is going to be interesting. Have the GA given them a, a sweetener? Yeah, something must have said. happened that he's coming out this evening. Yeah, and saying as something. I said, the press conference has been called by Keane O'Neill and Kildare this evening at five p.m. But isn't it funny that it's the manager that's calling it and not the county board? Mm. So yeah. obviously him and his players must, must have made have that decision, something. not the the county board themselves. Could be the players because at the yeah. end of the day, it's Keane and the players. Forget your chairman or your mm. secretary or PRO. It's those lads that it matters to most. Yeah. But if it does end up in Crow Park, I think the J are coming out looking bad in this, like a real bully nearly at, at this stage. Uh, yeah, like I think something. But I did see that the the chairman of the CCC did say that they have to review it. I think something has to come into Congress next year about those fixtures that if you earn your right to have a home game it, you know they always said the look of the draw and I remember a couple of years ago Longford got a load of away games and it's just the way it happens and poor old Mio are on the road again this is their third game in a row but that's the way it is but if you get a home game you've earned that B- by winning your last game or by going so far in a championship you've earned the right to be in that draw and you've earned the right then if you're pulled out first to have a home game and that's the way it should be well, someone has to give, and I hope it's not Kildare, because um, I'm all for Newbridge and Over. I don't know about you ladies, but <laughs> I think it's Newbridge and Over. That's, that's exactly it. That is it this week from our Sports Girls podcast on sportstalk.e. If you have a hot topic for us to discuss next week, you can get in touch with us at Twitter at sportstalk.dotie. All Camogie and Ladies Football podcast. I'm joined today by Jerkanan and Denise O'Flaherty. Thanks, ladies. Thanks very much. A pleasure, Valerie.